Bellrock Lighthouse off the coast of Scotland was completed in 1811 and stands just over 35 metres tall. It's a feat of solid engineering. The foundation of the first course of the construction consists of 141 interlocking blocks. The whole tower is much like a 3D jigsaw puzzle, with all the blocks hooking laterally into one another and forming a vertical bond for connection. If that wasn't enough, tree nails and wedges secured each course of the blocks. In all, there were 2,835 stones that were used in the construction of the lighthouse, with the total weight of the masonry being over 2,000 tonnes. Apart from the massive waves and tides it contends with daily, it has endured fires, been machine-gunned and bombed during World War II, and the lighthouse even had a helicopter crash into it in 1955. Yet through all of that, it is still standing based on the construction and engineering techniques of the early 1800s. This is what solid looks like. When it comes to what a solid vulnerability management program should look like, we can take a few lessons from the Bell Rock Lighthouse. Its solid nature came from careful planning and integrated foundation stones, and its warning is clear, allowing action and direction. A solid vulnerability program will share those characteristics in an effort to one, identify, two, evaluate, three, treat, and four, report on vulnerabilities. You don't have to look far to understand why a vulnerability management program is needed. Take, for example, the breakdown of the Common Vulnerability Scoring System, or CVSS. In 2023, there were 20,482 new vulnerabilities added to the scoring system up to September with an average score of 7.6 over the last 10 years of data. Nearly 98% of all vulnerabilities in the system have a score of 4.0 or above, which stacks the odds against you when it comes to scanning for things like PCI compliance. According to the Checkpoint uh, Cybersecurity Report, not long ago, on average it takes a vulnerability three years to reach its prime rate of exploit. So what we see today in the way of vulnerabilities is a snapshot of the future. This is why a lighthouse is built, or in our case, a vulnerability program, to weather the storm. NIST defines a vulnerability as a weakness in an information system, system security procedures, internal controls, or implementation that could be exploited or triggered by a threat source. But just like the scope for PCI DSS requirements, it encompasses people, processes, technologies, and is not just limited to hardware or software. A traditional view of vulnerability management programs is a cycle of identify, evaluate, treat, and report on vulnerabilities, and there is a plethora of methodologies to choose from. However, earlier communications, prioritized remediation, and continuous improvements all need to be part of that cycle. A vulnerability management program should provide insights into areas that need to be improved to shore up your overall security posture, which gives rise to how important the process itself be integrated into your overall security strategy. For example, security by design, continuous integration and continuous delivery cycles should be addressing issues at pre-production stages. And while some vulnerabilities may be addressed as part of other processes, such as SDLC, it shouldn't execute, exclude it from your vulnerability management program. Just like the foundations of the Bell Rock Lighthouse, 
all components need to not only connect with each other laterally, but vertical processes above and below your vulnerability management program also need to connect for the best overall security strategy. Those connections can't be tenuous. They have to be solid and documented. You know, the first course alone of the Lighthouse had 448 connections joining vertical courses with Trinals, and each block in the first course interconnected and locked in. There is a reason it's a so solid and still standing over 200 years later. Before you build your solid vulnerability management program, there are a few things that you need to do first in the way of planning. First, determine the scope of the program, policies and SLAs. The scope of the vulnerability management uh, needs to include the breadth and depth of your, all your information systems. That means, as mentioned earlier, covering all aspects of people, processes, and technology. It also includes embedded technologies such as cloud computing, BYOD, and operational technology. The aim of your scope shouldn't be to drag in all other processes such as SDLC and absorb it into your program. Rather, they become feed-ins or integral processes that make up your overall vulnerability management program. One reason being is a single source of truth is effective for reporting and metrics. That helps drive improvements in your security posture. That includes your risk assessment process, which should really be the starting point for developing this program in the first place. A solid foundation also includes your policy and SLAs, which would include things like the timing of remediation. Next, define roles and responsibilities. Who will be responsible for operating assessment tools? Who will follow up on the results? And who will make a call on priorities? Then select the assessment tools. Traditionally, this is always centered around your standard vulnerability management uh, or scanning tool set. But as you probably surmise by now, today we'll be looking at an overarching vulnerability management program. So the tool set you select may go outside traditional bounds. Tools with different objectives such as penetration testing, patch management, and other scanning tools may become feed-ins into your program. You will need to think in terms of everything identifying a vulnerability needs to be covered by this central program. Finally, identify sources. Identifying assets and context sources is crucial to the success of a vulnerability management program. It not only impacts what will be assessed, but also how you prioritize based on key data points like the value of the asset or the information it contains. One common source of asset information is the Configuration Management Database or CMDB. But it seems the bigger an organization gets, the less complete or up-to-date the CMDB is. So an IT asset discovery tool may be useful in making a start if your other sources are not reliable. Which brings us to some of the details around the phases of our vulnerability management cycle, starting with our assessing phase, and in particular, scanning. At the heart of a typical vulnerability management solution is a vulnerability scanner. Properly configuring uh, vulnerability scans is an essential component of a vulnerability management solution and ties into PCI DSS requirements, let alone other compliance standards. Vulnerabilities should also feed in from other sources and processes into the vulnerability management project, including penetration testing, 
both of infrastructure and applications, source code reviews, risk assessments, wireless scanning, audit reports, research, vendor notifications and patching, and incidents monitoring and alerting. Next is asset identification. The importance of asset identification can be seen in the number of standards it features prominently in, such as ISO 27001 and 2, CIS controls, NIST CSF, NIST special publications and PCI DSS. Maintaining a current list of all system components will enable an organization to accurately and efficiently define the scope of their environment for implementing the controls that are required. Without an inventory, some system components could be forgotten and be inadvertently excluded from the organization's configuration standards. Maintaining a comprehensive and up-to-date asset inventory is a fundamental and critical component of a vulnerability management program. You can't protect what you can't see. Which brings us to reporting. Typically, once the vulnerability management scan is complete, a score is attached to each vulnerability based on the skills required to exploit the vulnerability, the privileges gained upon successful exploitation, and the age of the vulnerability. The easier the vulnerability is to exploit, and the higher the privilege gained, the higher the risk score will be. The Common Vulnerability Scoring System is designed to provide an overall composite score representing the severity and risk of a vulnerability. If you want to see how CVSS is calculated or convert the scores assigned by your organization that do not use CVSS, you can use the NIST National Vulnerability Database Calculator, which should help you maintain a common scoring mechanism between all the feed-in data into your vulnerability management program. All of this which ends up into a report on the vulnerabilities discovered, which will move onto the which will move onto the prioritized phase of the program. It's worth noting throughout this point and from this point onwards, depending on the severity of the risk of the vulnerability, agility is key. If vulnerability management is aimed at detecting, removing, and controlling the inherent risk of vulnerabilities to an organization, then vulnerabilities needing remediation must be prioritized according to which ones pose the most imminent risk. In the prioritized phase of the vulnerability management program, you want to add some context to the threat, work out the exposure, and assign a value to help prioritize what needs to be fixed. For example, with Bell Rock, the threat was the rock itself, and the vulnerability was the ship's hull. You can easily assign a value based on the loss of associated with shipwrecks. Some modeling based on shipping lanes and weather patterns could tell you how much loss you could expect. The cost associated with constructing a warning mechanism or lighthouse to stop the loss would be minimal in comparison. Interestingly, Bell Rock led numerous ships to fall prey to the treacherous sea, and yet the proposal for a lighthouse was rejected based on cost. However, after the HMS York hit a rock in hit the rock in 1803 and was lost, including all its passengers, the construction was allowed to commence. That would suggest a failure to prioritize the project based on the available context, the exposure to shipping, and the value of loss, including human life. Also, when we speak of context, we're speaking about each asset, which means knowing how critical it is to your business 
have vulnerable it is, any existing security controls that are already in place, and any ongoing global threats. A business impact assessment is a good source for this type of information, which not only contains the criticality of hardware assets, but the value of the information they support. I also added threat modelling to this phase because it centres around thinking about what might go wrong. And there are a ton of threat modelling frameworks out there, including Stride, Dread, Parser, and so forth. With some context and modelling, you could build an accurate picture as to what it should take, uh, what should take priority for action in the next phase. The ACT phase describes what happens next to the vulnerability. You can either mitigate, remediate, or accept the risk posed by the vulnerability. You will notice that a couple of risk treatment options are missing here. By this stage, you can't avoid the risk because the vulnerability already exists. And you can't transfer the risk because, again, the vulnerability and associated risk already exists, and transferring a risk only kicks in post-event. The point of transferring a risk is to make you whole again after the, event, after the covered event. So if the event has already occurred, you are already too late. So let's examine our other options. Remediation. So we're fully fixing or patching a vulnerability so it can't be exploited. Ultimately, this is the option organisations should aim for. Mitigation, or reducing the likelihood and or impact of a vulnerability being exploited. Mitigation can often be the first line of defence. However, mitigated vulnerabilities have typically not been removed. They still need to be fixed eventually. It can be a necessary option when a full fix or patch isn't yet available for an identified vulnerability. This option should really be used to buy time for an organisation to eventually remediate a vulnerability. Acceptance, or taking no action to fix or otherwise lessen the likelihood or impact of a vulnerability being exploited. This is typically justified when the vulnerability is deemed a low risk and the cost of fixing the vulnerability is substantially greater than the cost incurred by an organisation if the vulnerability were to be exploited. If you choose to remediate or mitigate, your next step is to reassess. You need to run a remediation scan to run a follow-up against previous scan results. Don't assume the fix in place and is in place and all is well. Do you know how Bell Rock got its name? Originally known by the name Inchcape, legend and folklore tells that an alternative name that alternative name came from a 14th century attempt to install a warning bell on the reef. The bell was removed by a Dutch pirate who ironically perished a year later on the rocks, laden with riches. Putting a bell on the rock had a simple test. Listen for the ringing. If you didn't hear the bell, the mitigation wasn't working and you needed to be wary. Frequent vulnerability scanning under the assess phase would help alleviate such concerns in the modern day. Infrastructure and applications can change even down to an hourly basis. Hence, you need to continually scan your environment to make sure you identify new vulnerabilities as early as possible. But the lesson here is don't rest on your laurels. Confirm the success of your actions or you might end up shipwrecked. Which brings us to a key phase, improve, where you really should have some good metrics coming together. The thing with metrics, though, is they need to be usable, which means they need to be smart metrics. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. 
An example of a smart metric would be to achieve remediation of any CVSS4 or above vulnerabilities from an ASV scan report within 10 days of discovery. Resource decisions can be based off metrics, so you need to define what you want the business to know. If leadership doesn't know, for example, that it's taking you 120 days to remediate high severity vulnerabilities, they won't recognize the impact to compliance and they won't react until it's too late. You want to work at evolving processes and SLAs to get rid of any underlying issues. So you want to conduct a root cause analysis around how the vulnerability presented itself in the first place and could that have been foreseen or rectified earlier? If not, could other mitigating processes have stopped the vulnerability from developing? The idea in this phase is to take everything you know up to this point and make it better. It's like moving from a bell on a rock as a warning mechanism to a near indestructible lighthouse. So what are some impediments to a successful program? Sending a report with thousands of vulnerabilities to the operations team to fix is one. Focusing your scope just on regulated systems is another. Or trying to fix every identified vulnerability. Weak and ineffective communications is a problem. And insufficient resources or remediated vulnerabilities is a problem all round. And this is to just name a few. Overall, your pre-work and planning should help avoid these situations from the beginning. Which brings us to our next point of overall project management. There is no doubt project management is a skill in its own right, and professionals in the area spend years perfecting their skills. But if you don't have skilled, a skilled project manager to start and manage your overall vulnerability management program, then at a minimum, apply project management principles. Generally, a project management cycle will revolve around initiating, planning, executing, monitor and control, and eventually close down. So in initiating, you're developing a project charter and you're identifying stakeholders. In planning, you've got scope management, collecting requirements, planning risk management. When you get to the executing phase, it's direct and manage the program, implement risk responses, manage communications and quality. And then you get to monitor and control, where you perform integrated change control, validate the control scope, and control the schedule, cost, quality, procurement, and resources. Without project management principles being in place, Bell Rock Lighthouse would have never happened. There were about 110 people, including 15 executive stakeholders to manage, about six ships and materials from several locations to coordinate. And let's not forget there was a tide that would cover the rock regularly to contend with whilst building 90 courses of stone. A vulnerability management program with so many moving parts, with a lot of stakeholders, with multiple feed-ins, and with a lot of different resources to coordinate for remediation will fall flat without some sort of managed structure to control it. Even if you don't have qualified PMs to run your program, you can certainly apply the principles which will ultimately approve the overall maturity as well as how as well. But how can you measure that? As part of your continual improvement, you want to be able to mature your vulnerability management program. So here are some measures to compare against. At the initial level, there are generally minimal or no processes and procedures. The vulnerability scans are done by third-party vendors as part of what may be a penetration test or part of an external scan. 
typically done at the request of an auditor or as part of a regulatory requirement. After remediation of the critical or high risks, the remaining items are forgotten uh, after a passing grade is achieved. Then you come to the managed level. The vulnerability scanning may be brought internally, and there is a defined set of procedures which includes weekly or monthly scanning. Next is the defined level. The processes and procedures are well characterized and understood throughout the company and are supported by management. The data and metrics are shared with appropriate stakeholders, which in turn provides actionable intelligence. Then you have the quantitatively managed level. The specific attributes of the program are quantifiable and ongoing outputs from metrics are provided to the management team. These metrics should be viewed holistically as an organisation or broken down by individual business units to see which business units are reducing their risk and which may be lagging behind. And finally, we have the optimising level. Fine-tuning and improving on each of the metrics will ensure the vulnerability management program continuously reduces the attack surface of your organisation. Once those targets are met consistently, new and more uncompromising targets can be set, with the end game of being that of continuous improvement. You know, Bell Rock Lighthouse is as solid as they come, but it doesn't mean that there were no improvements to be made. After all, it was over 200 years old. So there was automation, better lights, solar panels and battery systems were all added over time. Even now, there are plans for a helipad refurbishment. Solid doesn't mean improvements stop and maturing your program will help with making those improvements. A solid vulnerability management program should have a well-planned out foundation that interlocks with other processes laterally and vertically for one overall program with multiple feed-ins so nothing is missed. The impacts of a weak program are evident given the state of play around known vulnerabilities and the consequences of missing compliance to standards such as PCI DSS. The program should not only effectively identify and treat vulnerabilities, but the reporting and metrics should also allow for continuous improvement. And don't leave the program to flounder without project management principles being applied, which will hold your program together end to end. If difficulty was a factor, building a lighthouse on a rock regularly covered by tides and wild seas would never happen, especially with the tools and building systems available in the 1800s. So don't allow any perceived difficulties to dampen your efforts. There is always a way through. There is a reason why Bell Rock Lighthouse was built in the time of sail ships and to this day supports modern shipping. It was designed well, solid and continuously improved. We can learn a lot from it when it comes to what a solid vulnerability management program should look like. If you want to know how Viking Cloud can help you put together a solid vulnerability management program, why not visit vikingcloud.com and select Solutions. 